Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks today. I am your host, Lori LeBay, and uh, the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. And we got started because my mom had dementia for 30 years. My guest today is Trevor Mumby, and I will be introducing him here shortly. But because we always get new listeners, I like to just tell people a little bit about us so that you have a feel for who we are and what we do and why we're doing it. Bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort around the world. We truly believe that having these authentic conversations uh, is really the only way we're going to shift our dementia care, is to learn from one another and share with one another what is happening and how we're doing it. We also are known as a media outlet for companies who want to expand their brand and step into our footprint that we've created here to help people with their um, services, products, and tools getting out. And then, of course, our audience is critical. Our, our community is absolutely fantastic. And I, I can honestly say you are the ones that have kept me in this space because there's been days I've wanted to walk away just like you have <laughs> with your work. And it's through this sense of community that's really fueled me to kind of keep my fight going and, and keep this disruption of our dementia care moving forward. And so I want to thank all of you. Because of our community, we have been recognized by three huge names. Um, and again, we share that with you because we we surely didn't do it alone. We don't even have a marketing budget per se. Oprah Winfrey um, recognized us in 2018 as a health hero, one of 14 people she picked. So just a huge, huge honor. In 20, was it 17, I think, 2016, Maria Shriver recognized us as an architect of change for humanity. And then in 2012, Dr. Oz named us the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's. And again, that's not us. That is all of us working together. And that's the brilliance, I think, of collaboration and authenticity is just people sharing and really coming together to to improve for the greater good. So thank you so much. Um, I also want to give a shout out to a couple of organizations. One is Maria Shriver's uh, Women's Alzheimer's Movement. She has an event um, annually called Move for the Minds that's coming up in June. She's going to be in several different um, cities, but they do exercise. They have a panel and sponsors, and it's very educational, very fun. Um, so, so check that out. Go to the Women's Alzheimer's Movement.org. Another one that I want to give a shout out to is the, the Memory Cafe Directory. Um, and that is for the U.S. MemoryCafeDirectory.com is supported by Calendar Cards, which is a memory system. And um, they do this for free. So if you have a memory cafe, you can get entered into it for free. If you are looking for one, again, just uh, to see if there's one in your area, go to MemoryCafeDirectory.com. If you're looking for one outside the U.S., feel free to go to my website, alzheimerspeaks.com, go to our projects and initiatives page, and there you'll see a tab for um, memory and Alzheimer's cafes, and it will list um, the directory for the Europeans as well over there. So 
Let's get um, talking with Trevor. I am so excited to have this man on the show. We tried years ago to do this and it just didn't work. And 2018 is our lucky year to have him with us. Uh, Trevor, um, just as a little background for you, Trevor's first experience in dealing with Alzheimer's came through visiting a farmer in a nursing home on a regular basis about 60 years ago. And that experience set him off on a lifetime of learning and, and caring for all forms of mental illness. And he now owns um, an organization called Mumby's Home Care Support, where he employs 90, 90 carers. And in the U.S., that means caregiver, care companion, <laughs> care partner, um, who um, actually live in with their clients. All of his staff are expected to live with different types of, of elderly conditions so that they get well-rounded, um, yet they tend to really specialize in dementia clients. Trevor and his wife, Anne, have been doing this work for the past 25 years. So he gets it, he understands it, um, and he and Anne have a training program which includes um, teaching people behavioral skills that are needed to make life easier for their, their very special clients. And more importantly, their relatives as well, because all of this stuff is transferable and we it, it affects all of us. So like I said, I am so honored to have him with us today um, because his books are fabulous. Um, you're gonna just adore his personality. So welcome, Trevor. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Hi, thanks very much for inviting me. Well, yeah. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Trevor's over in the UK, and, I, and, and I'm in the US, so we had to figure out the old schedule business there for a while. So again, really appreciate you being with us. One of the questions I always ask everybody, though, before we kind of dive into you specifically, is um, have you been touched personally by dementia with family or friends? No, no, I haven't. That is amazing. That is, that is, and that is very rare. And I thank you for your honesty and, but you're making up, um, making up for that one in spades with the work that you're doing. <laughs> oh, heck. Um, can you explain to our audience what brought you in? What drew you into this field? I, I know in my intro, I, I mentioned that you, you know, had done a lot of visiting with the farmer in a nursing home, but something there had to have just sparked your interest to say, I need to know more. I got to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's fascinating that, that question should come up now this, this last couple of weeks, because um, I, I've had to answer it for a research project that, that we're doing in Australia. And the answer to it um, was it visiting this place was, was actually the problem was watching the staff and the patients interact with each other and recognizing that there was no real understanding going on. That I was, I was witnessing, I thought was bullying, uh, ignoring, really treating people quite badly. Um, I, I thought that hurt, that really hurt me. And I thought, well, well that's not good. That's, and I, felt, I still feel that today. That, that's been with me all my life. I think. People who are experiencing emotional problems 
deserve a really cool approach. They deserve an intelligent, informed, loving approach. And that first experience, when I was only 20 at the time, uh, hurt me. It did. And I know that I, it's still with me. I, I hate it when I see especially elderly people with dementia being ill-treated mm-hmm. in ways which are so easy to avoid. You think, well, why are they doing these things to, the, to their own loved ones or to, to their clients? So that, that's what it's about. It's, it's trying to help people avoid hurting each other, mm-hmm. especially if they've got demented or elderly people who aren't just going through a dementia stage. And that's, that, that's, what I, that's what it's about for me. Well, I, I love that you felt that pain and that it moved you to make a difference because I, I truly think it's one of those, you, you can't get through the pain if you don't move, you know, if you don't take action to move through it. And you think of the pain you felt and you were observing, you know, versus the person with dementia, you know, how, you know, or an elderly person as a whole, how are they feeling, you know, being around that 24-7? Um, you know, it's a huge impact. And I think it's one of those things that a lot, a lot of us just will push to the side, you know, and it's like, you know, well, once I leave, I don't have to look at that. It's not my business. I can't, I can't, I can't make change, you know, it's up to somebody else, but you said, I can make a difference. I can't. And, And I think that that's an important statement for everyone to really take into play that we, we all have the power of one to improve not only our lives, but others. Yeah, yeah. So, I think the other thing that I, I, we, we were talking earlier, and I, and I think the other thing that strikes me about you, and, and we have it in common, is that it is up to us individually to make the change. Yeah. If we let, let it happen, they teach us how to improve our way of life. Yeah. That, that's the, it's the reciprocal nature of the deal you've got with people that makes it really valuable, makes it really important. Yeah. So I get much more out of working with people with dementia and elderly people. I get much more than, than they get out of me, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, I, I, feel, I feel the same way. What Trevor's referring to is um, prior to this recording, we were talking and I made the comment, you know, my mom had dementia for 30 years and that her disease, um, I feel is the biggest gift I'll ever receive in my life. She taught me so many things, but you have to slow down and pay attention and you have to be willing to learn. And I think so many times we, we put up this, this, this barrier that says, I know it all. Mm. You're losing, you know, you're losing your skill set. So I'm right. You're wrong. And, and then the learning gets turned off the creativity, the connections, all of that, where when, when you are always approaching life, with a learning mode, um, you will learn. And it, it's, it's amazing the lessons that you'll, you'll learn. And we're, we're going to hear about some of those lessons from Trevor. Now, Trevor, I want to talk a little bit about your business and what differentiates your services from others like yours in, in a, a live-in service? and in home health care in general? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I, I, I think, I think the, the, probably the thing that really matters is that all our staff, and that means headquarters staff, as well as the field staff, 
um, are very much aware of the behavioral impact they have on their clients. They're very much aware of that. And mm -hmm. I go around to them, uh, visiting in their homes, talking to them over cups of coffee. If they're having trouble with their elderly people, I'm there helping them. And our own head office staff are doing the same. So I think what, I wouldn't say we're any, any real difference from other organizations, except mm -hmm. our, our expertise in dementia care has been sharpened. I think it's, a much, it's probably a lot sharper than a lot of other organizations, although I'm not criticizing. I think other organizations are doing great jobs as well. We happen to be that bit sharper, I think. We know, I've written a lot about it. I trained as a psychoanalyst, so I do know what behavioral implications there are um, and can handle them, I think. Uh, so our staff, I would say, have got little more edge on skill than the average organization. Okay, you're so humble, you kill me. <laughs> I don't want to compete with anybody. I don't want to, I, I want us all to be in this together. You know, we're all, yep. we're all learning. And it's, it's, as you say, it's about sharing and, and making each other's, make it easier for us all. Yep. Yep. And, <laughs> well, and I don't know about over there, but here in the U S we are having a really hard time staffing, you know, finding people to enter this industry. And so the more we can feel more connected and humanize it, um, and have that sense of engagement, I think the more likely people are to, to yeah. join your organization or anyone's organizations, and, and more importantly, stay with it instead of yeah. just hopping around. Absolutely. I mean, the thing that we're finding is our, because our staff are learning themselves, they are learning how they, they can improve themselves, how they can become better communicators and better supporters and better carers through mm -hmm. books studying through our training they're getting a lot out of life for themselves out of this business and i think that's a big issue um it, it, a lot of a lot of organizations don't give back what what the staff deserve and i think mm -hmm. that's important your staff need to feel enriched through the work they're doing and and that's that's that does happen they they they'll tell me they'll ring me and say Trevor, it's amazing i've got david to move he's, he's different now he's not as aggressive as he was there's a lot happening, you know, a lot, of, particularly with relatives as well. I think it's relatives who suffer a great deal. Yeah. Um, and our staff, we really encourage staff to think about the relatives and what, what, how they can improve, how, not improve, how they can change their attitude towards their own dads and mums. Mm -hmm. That's what it's, it's It's a family thing, really, looking after the elderly people. It's not just a carer and an elderly person. It's a network. It's how, how do you get a network to respond in a positive well-being sense? Mm -hmm. That's the question. Yeah. That's what we're doing. That's what we're yeah. Doing. One of the things I, I call what you're doing is, is getting your, your staff to feel like they are family by choice. Absolutely. They're, they're not Absolutely. replacing, but yeah. they're, they're an extension of the family. And, yeah. um, and yeah. I think when that mindset is there, you know, it, switch, uh, it switches from just being ta a task-oriented job. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And you're also, from what you're telling me, is you're allowing them responsibility with authority. So now they've got buy-in. You know, mm -hmm. they can make a difference, and you're appreciating them for making that difference. And, and that's, that is very huge. 
Um, now, Trevor, you have written a few books, and the first one I'd like to talk about is um, Conducting Well-Being with Dementia in the Family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about this? I, um, I believe in this book you have um, 12 kind of everyday mannerisms. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and can you can you tell people what your about your mannerisms and how you feel that they can really be an igniter for explosions yeah. and and really trigger people um, yeah. into what we what we term behaviors, which are really just reactions because we're behaving bad to start with. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I, I, I as I say, I, I've been doing this working with behavior and mm -hmm. the behavior problems for over sixty years, and I've worked mm -hmm. in a whole range of organizations as well as as well as private practice i've worked in multinational corporations so i've seen behavior as a almost a unbelievable stretch stretch from the top of a corporate of an organization to an old man in a farmhouse mm -hmm. that's the spectrum and what i've seen it's it's got clearly now these 12 things um in the book, and that's what I'm talking about. And the things that we all see, like how often do we interrupt each other? And I think, let me get, let, go back before I, If you look at dementia as a problem for elderly people, or, or just look at elderly people losing their sense of well-being, mm -hmm. beginning to feel as though they might be going insane, they might be going crazy. They don't know, but they feel it. It's a fear that they have. They're walking on the ice. It's almost, am I going crazy? <clears throat> Excuse my language. Um, that's the book. That's the bottom line. The elderly people begin to feel they're losing it. They begin to feel they're losing it. Now, we coming at them, as you said earlier, we do get into this feeling that we know better than they do. Mm -hmm. oh, um, this is a grave mistake. Grave mistake. So what I saw was the things that we we transmit to the elderly people, we interrupt them when they're trying to say something. Mm -hmm. We contradict them. It's common, absolutely common, right? I'm going to say, let's just get this because it's important. The things that really, really affect the relationship are interrupting people, mm -hmm. contradicting, I, I, if I talk too much, I'll, I'll go over the top of it. The common things are undermining. Mm -hmm. We don't realise how much we undermine the other person. Mm -hmm. Pessimism is another thing. We, we, we inflict our own sense of pessimism onto the other person. Mm -hmm. So you go visit your dad and say, hi, dad. Before you know it, within 10 minutes, your dad feels worse than he was when you got there. Mm -hmm. Laid your stuff on him. Okay? Mm -hmm. so that, and there's... Ignoring is another one. If we, we don't recognize that elderly people need more attention than we assume. Mm -hmm. We might need attention, but their need for attention is much greater than ours. Mm -hmm. And we ignore that. We tend to ignore that. We control them. We say, oh, I'll do that for you, Dad, or leave that to me, Mum. So mm -hmm. we're controlling them. That's another one. We're always asking questions like, do, would you like some tea, Mom? Shall I get you a new dress, Mom? Or shall we go out to the shop? Or shall we go for a walk? You're asking them questions all the time. Don't do it. It drives them potty. It drives them potty. 
Well, and I think a lot of times people do that because they don't know what to do and they just want to be busy. So if they're busy, then they don't have to concentrate on anything and they feel like they're doing something. Mm, that's yeah. the big, that's, that is the big, big mistake. You think you've got to do something. Yeah. What actually our staff are told, the best form of care is this. You watch it. That. Rotten your mouth. Keep your mouth shut. Do that. You send your loving vibes across. You look at them. You smile at them. You touch them. You let them know that you love them. That's mm-hmm. dark. That's where it starts. And then they'll come back to you. They start saying, oh, he likes me. She likes me. I'm, oh, I'm all right. I'm happy. Oh, good. And then you start. And they, the dialogue begins. If mm-hmm. you go in there... Telling them what to do, what should do, what shouldn't do. You, you're shutting them down. You just mm-hmm. shut it down. You just bang. They shut them. They'll tell you to f off or not talk to you. Yeah. So the, these twelve mannerisms. Once the staff get a grip of them, you can see within a week, two weeks, a massive transformation in the in the dialogue between them. Mm-hmm. The, family, the daughters, the sons, the uncle, they'll come and visit. What have you done to David? What have you done to Mum? Mum's a different woman. That's what we see. We see that all the time. Mm-hmm. And very, very profound. So that, that's the, they're, the, they're the 12 matters. We're, we're trying to let our stuff feel benefit themselves. And what I say in the book, just choose one. Choose one that you, let's say you interrupt a lot. You're an interrupter. Well, stop interrupting for one day with one client. Don't interrupt one client for one day. See the difference. See the difference. You'll notice the following day, they will be more receptive to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. Instead of, oh, you. It's, oh, hello. That's the difference. And all of the 12 have that effect. Mm-hmm. Gradually, in, you know, things like uh, they won't take their pills. <coughs> Excuse my voice. And you, you'll say, "Are you taking pills?" Are you taking? That's the nursing attitude. Is mm-hmm. I'm sure he's underpants are clean. All that stuff doesn't. That's the wrong way around. The other mm-hmm. way around. Oh, I've changed my underpants today, nurse. Oh, I've changed. I changed them myself. Or I've taken my pills. They are. They are relating back to you what they're doing because mm-hmm. you're not undermining them. You're not undermining them. You're not interrupting. You're not contradicting. You're letting them be, and you're expressing your love for them. And it, it just changes the dynamic completely. Well, so you're that, you're preserving their independence, mm. which allows them to assert themselves versus being told in all of these different ways that they're not able to. You're, right. you're enabling. So what what I would um what what I call your your twelve um uh, you know things that you've identified here is um, I categorize it as consciously caring. And it's amazing when we are aware of what we're actually doing, because none of us like to be around someone who's opinionated and don't let us get a word in edgewise. Nobody likes to be interrupted. Nobody wants to be provoked. Nobody wants to be contradicted. Um, You know, no one wants someone yelling at them and talking loudly or undermining who they are, what they're doing, um, or being pessimistic or ignoring us or controlling us or asking uh, being pelted by all those questions you know um all of those things 
apply to everyone. And that's, I think, one of the biggest lessons I learned about dementia is what's good for dementia is good for everybody. Absolutely. And well, that's why the second book came out. Like, uh, the second book was Stop Throwing Hand Grenades, and that was for normal people, for every day. And it's the, it's the same, as you say, it's exactly that. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, it's it's uh, as you said, conscious caring. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's being more sophisticated. It's being aware that what you are hurts other people, especially if the other person is, is fragile. Yeah. Even being a nice person can be harmful. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you, you, you want to care for the person. Hello, nice to see you. And you start asking questions. You start imposing your, your being on them. And they just back off. And, and that's, that's even when you're trying. So mm-hmm. it's my staff. Uh, if I have any problems with any of our staff, I'll go and see them in the house. I'll go sit with them and say, what are you doing? But within minutes, I can see that the staff member is actually doing something like I've got here, like irritating or provoking. Mm-hmm. They don't know they're doing it, but they are. Yeah. Even by the way they dress sometimes, even by the expressions on their face, even the sound of the voice. Those things that we take for granted are harmful and hurt people who are suffering with dementia. Yeah. Actually put them puts them down makes them feel worse. And I can, I can tell within minutes of being in a house, and so can you, I know, mm-hmm. you can see the, the dynamic between the carer or the, or, and the and client. That is where it, that's where it all happens. That yep. dynamic. And, and if you get that right, you, you are creating well-being. You're, you're giving that person a sense of, oh, I'm okay. I can think for myself. I can do things. I, I'm not completely bonkers, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that I like that you mentioned was that even when someone means well, and they might be saying the right words, but it's our tone of voice and it's the pace, you know, they might not be able to keep up with our pace. And so now that turns into an irritation because they can't process it or, you know, they feel like they're being patronized. And because people are, they have this sometimes I think nervous energy and they think that they have to do it different. And it's like... No, they're just a normal human being. You know, relax, be in the moment. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do with my mom was, and and not initially, because I was, like I told you earlier, I was the checklist queen. I needed to be doing something. I needed to be fixing something. And, you know, a lot of this isn't fixable, you know. And so stop having that approach and make make it livable. Mm, make it livable for both of you because when you're stressed um and feeling out of control they read all of that stuff their nonverbal skills i i i believe this and i don't know if you do but i believe their nonverbal skills heighten and they absolutely much much more in and they rely on that we're still like you know we're just running around doing our stuff and wanting someone to say a full sentence to us and you know Because that's our comfort. But if yeah. we slow down, we're, we're real good at picking up their nonverbals and saying it's a problem. Yeah, and yeah. that's, like you said, sometimes it's just be quiet. That's, that's it. Yeah. Be quiet. And, yeah. and we're the problem. We're bringing the problem into the room. They were totally content before we walked in. 
Mm, and right. it, but we don't like to take the blame, <laughs> you know. But if we can get out of that blame-shame game and just say, I could do this better. I could mm. do this different. Yeah. And we both feel more comfortable. Not only, not only that, but if you do it, you feel better as well. Exactly. It's, like, it's not you're not you're not doing it because you're you're a good carer. You're doing it because I feel really great when I can make a good connection with someone who's elderly and confused and demented. It makes me feel great, and that's yeah. why we can keep people who want to get into caring if they mm. look at it from a point of view of I am going to feel a lot better for doing this. Mm -hmm. I mean, spiritually and emotionally, my self, self awareness, self worth, all gets better. Mm -hmm. It's not paid. I mean, I'm yeah. actually money as well, which is a great benefit. I'm getting money. And I'm feeling mm -hmm. better. I love my job. I love visiting people. I love staying in the house. Twenty four hours is lovely. I enjoy it. That mm -hmm. is why we can get people working. If if we perceive, if we show the elderly care as a hard, painless, thankless job will never get people in. They'll never work for us. Yeah. I'll, I'll wrap it here. But I think one of the other things I've found in this country particularly, there are more people outside who have not had what we've had in the West, mm -hmm. who benefit, who, who enjoy giving. Mm -hmm. they, they actually enjoy giving. Mm -hmm. They like looking after the elderly. They, and they, to get paid a lot of money, and to do what they love doing is a great benefit. We've got most of our staff are from outside of the UK. Mm -hmm. The Western society, as we know it, is much more what's the word? Instant reaction, instant needs, satisfaction, instant mm -hmm. gratification. I want it now. I want it now. That mentality doesn't wash in looking after the other way. It doesn't yep. wash. And I think in, in some ways it could, but it would have to really be transcended because I think, I think there is a lot of gratification that can be, uh, that can happen, but you have to be looking for the right things. Yeah. And, we're, and we, we have not taught people to look for the right things. We haven't taught people that they even exist, that it's possible. And so just like we, sometimes when we're caring for somebody, we, take away their their feeling of independence and importance and pride with what really I mean we don't most people I don't think try to do that they really think they're being helpful but it happens in these subtle ways in these kind of you know um, 12 grenades that you have you know that you've mentioned these mannerisms and then um, but the same thing can happen to the care partner as well because of what they're being told and how they're being treated so it's this, it's this funnel down belief, you know, that can be amazing when everyone works together and really just says, you know, one, one of um, the tools I've developed, Trevor, is called, it's just called your memory chip. And it's, it's about getting people to switch from being task oriented and focusing on three simple things. Are they safe? Are they happy? And are they pain free? And when mm -hmm. those are our priorities, mm -hmm. I think it's easier to pick up like on these mannerisms because our goal now is different. It's not about getting something done. It's not about fixing something. And not that people don't have to take pills at certain times and, you know, there's that. But if, if that's all we focus on, 
you know, we're disrupting that, that comfort and that serenity. And I think the other thing we take away um, too, and, and my audience has heard me say this a, a zillion times, there's a man in the U.S. here by the name of um, Harry Urban. And, and he has been living with dementia for 12 years. And one of my favorite sayings of Harry um, is that we were talking about, uh, you know, how people care for him. And he, he says, you know, the one thing I would really like people to understand is I liked, I liked to relax before I got dementia. I still do. You do not have to keep me busy. You do not have to be yapping and filling air all the time. Mm-hmm. take peace in my peace and, and I think it sounds like that's something that you do beautifully oh, to get your staff to, to understand and it's such a basic thing but I know here in the U.S. it, it silence is very uncomfortable for most people and it's like oh we gotta do something oh you know and it's just you know it's, that's right. it's, yeah. it's so it's so funny because yeah. it's so simple, it costs no money, and it can bring both sides peace. I mean, it can it can transcend through a whole room. That's you right. Know? Um, and and it's yeah. just a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I I relate it to, you know, going to visit my mom. You know, one of my favorite things to do was just sit with her and be in her presence. Yes. You know, she was like she was my security blanket and I was hers. Yes. And we that's didn't, have, we that's didn't have to say anything, but getting people to to understand how many times do you want to just be in someone's presence and nothing yeah. has to be done. Absolutely. But yeah. and and I think when we get people again to consciously think about that, then mm. it's like, oh, oh that does yeah. make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. I like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's getting it's it's kind of getting people off the ledge of of always having to be driven, you yeah. know, and and doing. Yeah. And, and that's yet right. that's hard because you know businesses are um, you know are regulated and certain mm. you know standards are met and. You know, companies don't want to get red flagged and, you know, out of survey and things. But but part of it is, I think, even in our documentation of stuff, um, if it's to family or if it's to the state or to our organization, if we don't proactively start documenting moments of joy, which mm-hmm. is really what we should be there for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. In safety instead of, yeah. oh, somebody stole Sally's sweater or, you know, she's got a bruise here. And, and all those things are important. But if we're only always talking about problems, you know, problems are all we're going to find. <laughs> and that's what we're looking for. You can possibly cause them. I mean, exactly. <laughs> and that just raises everybody's stress yeah. level. But if we start sharing moments of joy if we start appreciating moments of joy it it shifts everything in the lessons that we learn and I love how you mentioned you know you feel like you get so much more than you receive you know in this and I feel the same way you know um it's just um but you have to allow yourself to be in that space yeah, you have right. to you have to believe that it's yeah. that it's possible. So, yeah. you know, like you said, just test it for a day. 
on anybody. You don't have to. You don't have to just test it on your wife or test it on your girlfriend. Just test any one of them. Yeah. On one person. Say, I I got literally hundreds of cases, hundreds mm-hmm. where I said to her, and marriage work, and family work, and work with families. So just all we, all I want you to do is not contradict for one day. Yeah. Not. Transformation almost overnight. I had no idea I was doing that. I had yeah. no idea. I was making dad feel so bad. You know, I, 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 well, you know yourself. You, you talk to a wife who is doing her very, very best, but never stops nagging, questioning, interrupting, mm-hmm. controlling, all these things. You stop her in the tracks and say, and I, I'll tell you, just hold her hand and say, I want you to do something for me. I want you mm-hmm. not to contradict for one day. Please, will you do that for me? Okay, okay. Do I contradict? Not much, but a little bit. You do a little bit. Okay, yeah. okay. Instant change. Yeah. Not her, in her family and in the husband who was a sufferer. Yeah. In, so once they get the catch, there's a catch. Do it, just one. Do it, just one. Mm. One person. It moves. It moves in that dynamic. That's what's so exciting. And I'm don't you think? Don't you think it's about leading by example too? Because then, when people see that transformation, they're like, "Oh, I could do that too." I didn't yeah. know I was doing because then you start having, and and it's not about the shame or blame. You know, if people feel better and go, gosh, you know, I just did this and I can't believe the impact. It gets other people thinking about making that change. And so, you know, if you can take that edge off between the two of you, even if it doesn't happen very often, just that that little snippet, that little snap, and you multiply that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's astonishing. I, in this, the last book I've just finished, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I've raised is the, the notion of, of a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. Because what I, what I, exactly what you're saying, if you get a group of staff together, which we do for training purposes, and I, I trained as a group analyst as well in London, mm-hmm. um, when you start getting the staff to not interrupt mm-hmm. when they're in a when we're in a group training program and you let them see that they're not doing things like they're not contradicting the the chain reaction as your your point is that they all realize how much they are doing it mm-hmm. and they all and they always learn to observe how other people are doing it so they then begin to say if i don't interrupt there we'll have a conversation so they, and that's the that's the powerful i think that's the powerful message for this thing it is chain. Rea- it's a chain reaction. It happens, mm-hmm. and that, and as you say, get a group of people together. You do it when you when you've got one of your public groups together. Yep. Sit down. We're going to take we're going to take twenty minutes. You sit on the outside. The group sits on the outside. The group on the inside. The people on the outside has to observe the people on the inside and let them talk for twenty minutes, like mm-hmm. a normal care day, say. Mm-hmm. Watch, watch what happens when the outsiders with this book that one you've got there watch mm-hmm. what happens when the outsiders see the insiders using all this stuff mm-hmm. they, you can see them in the face my god you won't let him she won't let him get a word in anyway and you can see it happening yeah once you see it, once you see it happening and then you turn the group around you put the outsiders on, on the inside and the inside on the outside they do mm-hmm. it to each other 
it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Try it. You yeah. love it. No, the, the book you just held up was that this one, yeah. one here, yeah. which is um, Coaching for Carers, A Fresh Look at Dementia Care. And yeah. again, this has the 12 everyday habits and beliefs and mannerisms which impact dementia. And yeah. Um, yeah. this is just, it's, it's very, you know, it's very thin. It's simple, yeah. but it's, it's profound. It is. Yeah. It really is profound. And, you know, one of the things that I love so much about your work, Trevor, um, and, and why I, I feel like it's so aligned with what I do is it's, it's about simplicity. Mm. None of this stuff has to be complicated and difficult. It just, it, it really is all very simple stuff. If we just slow down yeah. and take it in. Yeah. And, and again, what all of, all of what your teachings are, are good for everybody. If we're dealing with our kids or our friends or our lover or whoever it is, doesn't make any difference. The, the, you know, uh, grocery clerk, you know, in terms of, you know, or the banker who we're interacting with. Um, in a supermarket queue, trying to yeah. supermarket queue. You, 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 let me give you a funny trick. Standing in a supermarket queue, introduce an, a pessimistic remark, like, oh, God, it's terrible weather today. The whole of the queue will join in. <laughs> <laughs> you said, wow, I'm having a lovely day today. They'll look at you, is there something wrong with you? Uh-huh. Pessimism is contagious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and, if, and if you can see it working, you can stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. If you walk into a nursing home, you'll see it every time you walk in, there's, there's pessimism. Somebody might be bright, but there's a lot of grim faces, long faces, oh God, oh God, oh God. Change it, change it. Mm-hmm. Be directly opposite to pessimistic. It's yeah. amazing, it changes. Yeah. You, well, yeah. They're, they're the simple things, you see. They're simple, aren't they? Yeah, be, be the change. Be the change you want to see and, and think about, you You know, you could be that person next who needs to be served. And how do you want to be served? Exactly. If we don't change this now, you know, um, we're we're going to be served in a, in a less than fashion than we want. Yeah. And so, um, and, and I think, you know, our world is at a point right now where we are, we're like at this tipping point. We're seeing so much change and people saying, I don't want to be treated like this in, in this area or that area or whatever it is, be the change, make the difference, you know, go, go buy, um, go, go buy Trevor's books and, and look at, you know, these simple remedies for really difficult situations that, that can be changed. I mean, everything you're doing um, in the way you present it is really about culture change. It's it's about getting us to believe that it can be different. Yeah. And, and the old ways um, aren't working. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. And it can be done in a, in a really fun, um, almost challenging way amongst staff to see yeah. To be able to find the results, you know, to be able to, you know, share their stories because, you know, storytelling, I think, ignites us and, and pulls us in. And then all of what you're doing and, and what you're explaining is, um, again, what I call emotional based training. It's, it's about getting people not just to memorize and, and get the logistics of stuff, but it's about to feel the feel the impact. Feel the change. Yeah, that's the right. Yeah, that's and, the right. and that's the thing that keeps us, 
um, replicating it and sharing it and and um, you know it's it's like you said it's explosive it's it's wonderful now you also have another book that you are working on that's at the printer your euphoria, euphoria made easy what's that book about well it's the as the now i'm glad you asked this question because it's if, if you if you can take the, the mannerisms as as a a, a a procedure you can use in everyday life mm -hmm. fine the next thing I, I've understood now. Trevor, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second. If you can pull back so we can, because a lot of people with dementia watch these and okay. and they need to see your face and be okay. able to read your lips. So okay. Okay. Well, this, this, this one, it, um, Euphoria Made Easy, is, is based on my hundreds of experiences with elderly people where when you and this is very very important because the distinction is critical mm -hmm. when you touch the person at a feelings level mm -hmm. feelings level not memory yep. not feelings mm -hmm. you will find that there is a spontaneous spontaneous involuntary reaction so if i a good example and i've got dozens Mm -hmm. Example, man comes to me and says, my mom hasn't spoken to me for three months. I don't have mm -hmm. this, but what am I going to do? Mom's lying in bed. She's 82. <coughs> and she won't speak to him. I can see why. It's because he's bullying her. He doesn't mm -hmm. know he's doing it, but he is. He's bullying her. So she shuts up. When he walks in the room, she shuts up. She won't speak to him. Mm -hmm. that's, and that's common. That's not just one woman. It's common. Mm -hmm. Now I he, he said, "Can you come and see it for me?" So I said, "Okay, I'll go." It's a long story. I'll cut it short. So I sat down at the bedside with her, and I touched her hand, and I smiled, and I loved her. I actually loved her. I said, mm -hmm. I, "I didn't say I loved her. I loved her." Mm -hmm. Didn't say any words. I loved her, and she smiled and she looked at me, and then she looked, "Who are you? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Who are you?" I said, "I'm just come to say hi," and I. She had a Bible on the side of the bed. This is, this is what I'm saying. This is the book. Mm -hmm. But I opened the Bible, and the, on the inside cover, it said, To Mary, who'd been top of the class in 1917. Right? Wow. She was, she was about seven. Mm -hmm. um, I said, Oh, look at this, you clever lady, you clever girl. She grabbed it out of my hand, and she burst into laughter. <laughs> she turned over the page she read texts from different parts of the Bible oh and she told me about the girl she had in Sunday school with her and a teacher she mm -hmm. came completely out of her now that that principle what I'm talking about is the book mm -hmm. what we did there what happened was she touched something that had been recorded in her and this sounds really weird but at a cellular level right down inside deep inside the memory not just in the memory banks mm -hmm. because what it did it triggered off a completely physical spontaneous blissful experience that's what it did and i've done that hundreds of times hundreds mm -hmm. what i'm saying is if you can touch not only these 12 mannerisms but if you can begin to see there are, there are memories tucked away not not memories 
feelings mm-hmm. the way inside people's people's the people they know places possessions and pastimes mm-hmm. the four please it's in the book if you can explore them not necessarily directly you see mm-hmm. you see pictures on the wall of a place a city and you say oh i was in they don't know it. i was mm-hmm. in Salzburg last week mary were you yeah yeah i was I was in Salzburg, and the spontaneous thing comes again. She's completely. Oh, I was there with my husband, and, she, and you're, you're witnessing the the reenablement of a of a feeling. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That euphoria is right down inside us at the cellular level. It's not mm-hmm. just here. It's all the way down. Yeah. And if, if you touch it, by people, pastimes, pleasures, uh, pastimes. Possessions, places, people, pastimes, and possessions. That's for just explore them. Don't ask questions. Don't ask yeah. me. Just, just say, I was. Uh, you know, my one of my favourite hobbies was fishing. I used to look. Did you like? I used to go fishing. Yeah. I've got instantly. The next time you go in, you can stick it on the fridge. You can say fishing. Yeah. So everybody visits fishing. Mm-hmm. Take something. Take a magazine. Take a fishing reel. Anything. You've got them back into present time, well-being. They're well yeah. good, they're good. And that can happen every time you go into the room. Every time. Yeah. One, woman who, uh, one woman, she's telling me, uh, she was a little girl, and um, her mum used to take her in the garden during the summer to help her prune the roses. This, this, she's about 90 now. She can't move. Mm-hmm. And I said, take your secateurs with me. You know the roses? You cut, with, you cut roses. Mm-hmm. So, I take their hand, I take with my hand. I've just been doing this. Oh, have you? Oh, and she'll come right back to when she was eight, nine years old. Uh-huh. Oh, we had, we had some lovely times, my mum and I, and the neighbours used to come round. and was, oh, a lovely flower. I can still smell them. And she's telling me, 70 years ago, re- reliving the realities of that moment. Now, that is what I think we're really doing a great job when we can get that working, when we can get that euphoria re-stimulated yep. Not, yep. Not, not through forming not through going to their memory banks that's mm-hmm. not what we do mm-hmm. it's going to their feelings yep. you, you touch feelings people they love people when they were, when they were even before they were married a long time mm-hmm. I remember I used to have a friend called Cynthia and uh, he used to have a good conversation and she might just have had a friend called Cynthia because you know she had Oh, did you? I had a friend called Cynthia. Oh, I'll be good. I'll be good. So that's what I'm saying. That, that's the other part of the book. It's the two things. It, it's what I call this, this distinguished conversation where you're distinguishing how you speak. You don't yeah. do it. You're a rabbit. You use. And re-stimulating those deep sense of well-being. Mm-hmm. You, and they are they're always spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Always. If they're not spontaneous, they're not real. They're, yeah. they're memorized. They've got to be. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how it happens. Well, because they, they, they can differentiate if we're being authentic or not. Or if it's yeah. The point you made earlier about their intuitive, uh, that I think people with dementia are more highly intuitive mm-hmm. than people who are blind and people mm-hmm. are deaf. Mm-hmm. I really I think they, they sense whether mm-hmm. you're with them or not. Yeah. No, yeah. and they'll ignore you, or they'll tell you to f off. 
Yeah. And that's, that's where the skill and the excitement comes mm-hmm. with them. You not only can be with them, but you can get them to touch those beautiful moments in their lives. Yeah. 60 years. And there's an endless number of places, endless number. Well, it pops up in such different, um, I, I mean, in, it, it just pops up all over. I'll never forget a time my, my mom was at the nursing home and they were, um, they had this picnic and they had corn on the cob. And I said, oh, mom, do you want me, here I am disabling, do you want me to cut the corn off the cob? Because my mom has chipped and broken teeth. She looked at me like I was a Fruit Loop. Are you kidding? No, I don't need that cut off, you know. And so I gave her, I gave her the corn on the cob, and she picked that up and she sucked and she nibbled. And I remember watching her going, "She is so peaceful. She is so happy. I mean, it just radiated from her. And it's like I want what she's having because she is. I don't know if she was at the state fair as a child. I don't know what it was." But yeah. the the taste, the texture, yeah. it, it just it brought her to some other place, and she yeah. just had this huge smile on her face, and she was yeah. so peaceful, and she That's, was enjoying that to yeah. to no end. And yeah. here I was gonna like, well, let me just cut it all off. Let me <laughs> just take all that fun away. That you know, you're not gonna have the the yeah. um, butter dripping down your hands. You're not gonna you know have you, you know. Yeah, you're, but that's how the fun of it all, you know, if we let ourselves have the fun. Yeah, absolutely. We adults and we have all these rules and everything has to be neat and tidy and pretty, yeah, and that's yeah. not where the fun lies. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's a beautiful, beautiful example of what I mean. That's a perfect example. And, and once, you've, once you've discovered that, you can use that corn on the cob episode every day if you want. Or every other day, she doesn't have to be eating. You just have to say, "I'm going to get you a corn on the cob." Oh, that's about be nice. And they're automatically up again. They're they're experiencing what they experienced when they first experienced that moment. Mm-hmm. That's it's the memorized moment of bliss that we have in here stored in us. Mm-hmm. Bring it back again. Bring it back again. Yeah, it, it works every time. Yeah. Every I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a, a story with you because I think it'll align with what we're talking about. I call it as the cookie crumbles. And it's about that multi-sensory engagement, which I think is really important. And again, I, I think that as organizations and, and lawsuits in the states have, have arisen, people don't use all of their multi-senses to engage. Well, my mom was at, um, again, at this picnic. My daughter, who at the time was 18, was with her. And um, they were at the nursing home. They were coming around. You know, the grills were wafting, and it smelled great. And they had music going. It was a beautiful, sunny day. And they kept coming around with food. And my mom normally loves to eat. And this day, she wasn't eating. And I could, I was bringing other residents out in their wheelchairs and stuff. And my daughter was with my mom. And there's probably 100 people out on this patio. But I can see something's kind of off with my daughter. And I'm seeing that my mom's not taking the food. Well, then all of a sudden she decides to take um, this cookie and I'm watching my mom and my daughter and they're, they're having a good time and stuff. And then all of a sudden, as just as I'm rolling my last person out and putting the brakes on, my mom screams at the top of her lungs, I hate you, leave me alone, I hate you. And she's screaming at my daughter 
and my daughter is never i mean my daughter and my my mom were like two peas in a pot my my daughter has only known my mom with dementia she's never ever seen her blow up like this and then she did it in front of a crowd of 100 and everybody's looking at my daughter she's my daughter's feeling totally shamed and she runs over to me and her lips are quivering and she's got these crocodile tears streaming down her face and she says mom she hates me she hates me and i didn't do anything wrong she hates me mom she just and she's just uh, she was just mortified and so sad and i said honey you know what happened i said you guys look like you were having a good time well we were i said you were I said, well, what, what happened? And I, and she said, well, you know, we were talking and laughing and just having a good time. I'm like, were you holding hands? Oh, I always hold grandma's hand. I said, did you have eye contact? Oh, well, of course I had eye contact with her. I said, well, what shipped? She said, well, she was eating this cookie and the cookie fell on her chest. And she said, I just went in to pick up the cookie, mom. That's all. And I said, honey, but what else changed? Nothing. I just, I just picked up the cookie. I said, honey, we got to break this down. I said, were you still talking and laughing? Well, no, there was a break in the conversation. So I thought it would be, you know, a good time to pick up the cookie. Honey, were you still holding hands? Well, no, she's in that big Jerry wheelchair. And so I stood up and no, I, I let go of her hand. I said, honey, you were talking and laughing. You weren't holding hands. Did you still have eye contact with grandma? Well, no, I had to pick up the cookie. And I said, okay, so you're not talking and laughing, you're not holding hands, and you don't have eye contact. I said, those are three super strong connections. I said, and then you reached in and you touched her in an inappropriate spot for a stranger. I said, in that nanosecond of letting those three things go, you became a stranger to her. And you were touching her on her chest, and that was not appropriate. I said, that's why grandma blew up. You know, we have to understand the power of our connections. And, you know, I love like masseuses. You know, if you get a good masseuse, they will tell you, I will, I will always leave one hand on you not to break that connection. And, and like you said, I think they become um, super sensitive. Yeah. that because they are relying on that for their Absolutely. communication with us Absolutely. And, and so we have to become much more sensitive and then it yeah. makes perfect sense on how yeah. how we could have done that differently yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a perfect example. Again, a perfect. I mean, I, I that that's why that's why I mean when I talk about ignoring because mm -hmm. you don't know you're doing it. You don't know you're doing it, and and. So that, that's the other thing I'd like to say, because it's important, because it's, it's quite frightening for someone who's, who's trying to be a good carer. Mm -hmm. If they feel they, they, need, they need to develop that degree of attention, mm -hmm. that, that's quite a scary challenge. That, that mm -hmm. is to be that attentive. People have to, have to recognize that this attention does not need to go on forever. Mm -hmm. it's like it can be a very short spell. Like, mm -hmm five minutes but, but if you lose it during that five minutes you will create that, that, that reaction yeah. so I, I, I'm saying focus absolutely in every way you can as you say with eyes yeah. touch be 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 there be yeah. there if you are being with yourself you're being with the other person you're being, yeah. you're being between you keep it there 
but don't expect it to go on forever. It will only last for about maybe five minutes less. But yeah. there will be a break. It will happen. But don't interrupt that being. And that's what I think your daughter, blessed, wouldn't have known <clears throat> until she had that lesson. Yeah. That, that her, her being with her nana was absolutely vital to Nana's well-being. Mm-hmm. Learned that, didn't she? She learned that. Yeah, she she definitely did. And, you know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Hurt Benninger over in the UK who wrote this beautiful book called, his book is called Moving Ahead by Standing by Still. Oh, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Moving Ahead by Standing Still, yeah. And it's, and it's a wonderful book. But anyways, he, he talks about behaviors. Aren't, you know, stop calling them behaviors. Talk, you know, call them uh, triggers or signs or signals because they're here to teach us to, to care better. You know, I have a um, equation that I use when I when I do my trainings and my talks, um, and it's it's getting people to understand that a person with dementia, I believe, and, and maybe you'll disagree with this, but I believe that we all use the same equation to react to things. It's our current attitude plus our past perceptions trigger our perceptions, and our perceptions then trigger our reactions. And when we don't like a reaction, we deem it a behavior because it doesn't fit in our box. Mm-hmm. And, and yet it is just a signal and there's always a reason behind it. And so if we can understand, you know, how much we like to be understood, mm-hmm. maybe that'll make it easier for others to put on that investigative hat and say, oh, there's got to be a way to calm them down. Yeah. There's, there's got to be a better way because yeah. there's a reason. I just, I haven't figured it out yet. Mm, that's right. and, and a lot of times, like, like you said, we're, we are the triggers and we don't even know it. Yeah, or, right. or we brought the attitude into the room thinking mm-hmm. that we're hiding it and we're being a Stepford wife and we've got the smile on, but all the rest of us is emanating. I'm frustrated. You know? <laughs> I need to get going or I'm impatient or whatever. And they're, they're picking up on that. And then they mirror it back to us. And then we say, it's, they're the problem. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, we're the problem. We're the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this has been just such a wonderful conversation. And I would really encourage people again to, to purchase your books and look for your new one that's coming out, um, yeah, the yeah. Euphoria one as well, and the and the um, hand grenades. What uh, what is the name of that one again? Stop throwing hand grenades. Okay, yeah. Stop. Yeah, stop throwing the hand grenades. That that's um, and are those available like on Amazon or do they go to your yeah. website to get those? They, they can get. I think they're available on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. If you want them to come directly to me, I'd be more than happy to send them. So okay. Just feel free. Yeah. Okay. And um, do you want to go ahead and give people your website and, and spell that out for them as well? Yeah. Well, it's just, it'll be at www.mombies.com. Okay. And that's M-U-M-B-Y-S. Okay. Mumbies.com, or yeah. and you, you're also open to receiving emails if anybody wants. Okay. By all means, yeah, I'd be very happy to do that. Okay, so oh. if you're looking for a wonderful um, trainer, like just go to Trevor at Mumbies.com, um, mm-hmm. or you know, if you want to order some books through him, and I'm sure he would autograph some things and sign oh, and send them out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
Okay. Well, thank you so much. This I could talk to you all. I could talk to you way past today for a whole week. I could just sit with you and, and yeah, just. I, I, I'm hoping we'll meet one day. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? I'm over. I'm over in Vancouver next month. My daughter's in Vancouver. Oh, okay. I was looking at the distance. It's a hell of a long way to where yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm in Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I was out that way. I'm, I'm, uh, but I'm not right now. So, but one of these days, maybe it we'll make something happen. Okay. Well, take care and thank you again so much for your thank time. You. It's been you. such a such a pleasure. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.